You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. What is the vibes, fellas? How y'all feeling? Uh, boy, I'll be honest with you. It was two weekends uh, in a row. I it was a bruiser of a weekend, I'll tell you what. Um <laughs> Gasparilla. Gasparilla. Oh man. It, you know, it's funny. I, I talked to people. This is I, I've lived in Tampa almost 10 years now. So this is my my 10th Gasparilla. I still don't understand what we're doing. Um, Pirate Dan, the cannon man. You know, um, <laughs> I feel like, Nick, you know, there were some cannons that were smaller than the one that I shot off. Um, yeah, so I feel like the internet needs to, to start clowning those people. But uh, no, you know, it's it's a holiday about a mythical founding, not even the real founding of Tampa, not even on Tampa's like founding date. Um, but for some reason, it is like the coolest event in the world. So uh, 300,000 people, some dressed like pirates, some people just out there to get absolutely sloshed. But for an entire day, the city of San Tampa just shuts down. Uh, we let we let pirates run amok. So I ran amok with them. How did you dress, though? Uh, in some pirate type apparel. And I, I didn't get into the whole no pirate thing. Say what? No picks? No picks. No, we... Um, did the shirt and all had a couple other things, a whole outfit kind of put together last minute. It kind of worked. Uh, probably could have put a little bit more effort. That's on me. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get into that next year, but I, I will not uh, probably What's see that? myself getting into the, to the heavy makeup and all that. What's the age cutoff? So I get asked all the time about baseball. Like what's the age where it becomes inappropriate to bring a glove to a game. Mm. And I think as soon as you are probably high school, you need to leave that glove. Uh, make exceptions uh, if if you're if you're with a child, yeah. you're with bringing your kids or, or with a, a group of kids. Bring your glove. It's acceptable for them to bring gloves. Um, Just don't you, be like that one guy that always catches the balls and then sells them. You know, what I'm talking to, about shouts, shouts to Zach Campbell. Yeah, yeah. that's him. I'm turning into um, a job. Um, Hustle. I think it's it's it gets kind of weird when when you're a grown man wearing a, a, a jersey. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I used to wear jerseys in college. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a, a, a hard age cutoff for that, but uh, oh, you're gonna get the what's the age? Yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. age? What's the age where you probably shouldn't be dra- dressing up like Jack Sparrow? I so guess. that that's the that thing, Nick. Is uh, there's a crew called so a crew is like a club, especially for like rich people, right? Um, they all okay. get together, and for like 115 years or so, this group called. Ye Mystic Crew of Gasparilla has put on Gasparilla. There's probably 30, 40, uh, maybe or more crews, which are made up of either all men, some mixed men and women, and there's, a, I, I think, one or two all-women crews. The thing is, Nick, is you have to have – it's almost like joining a country club. You have to have money to join. And then it costs hmm. a lot of money to be a member you know, year over year with the float and, and everything else. So Ye Mystic Crew is made up of people of all age ranges. And all of the crews, for the most part, probably lean a little bit older than younger. The crowd at Gasparilla is anywhere from, you know, there's a children's parade the week before, which is a lot smaller. But 
the Gasparilla itself is anywhere from like 1819 all the way into probably the 40s, maybe 50s. Um, I think it probably gets to be just a little too much. You have kids, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but it's weird because the crews are predominantly older than the rest of the crowd that's at Gasparilla. So kind of a, a weird dichotomy there. But, you know, I think they try to say, hey, as long as you're willing to go out there and catch beads uh, and just get absolutely mm -hmm. sloshed on a Saturday, we'll be all right. I think it's, it seems more like Halloween age age wise, right? People still dress up for Halloween mm -hmm. at big ages. So I think it's a little different than sports. Uh, but I don't I'm not a jersey wearer to, to games, Nick, but some people I don't know, I don't I don't knock it. You know, if you want to be Tim Tebow, and I get it, man. You got it in your closet, you spent like 80 bucks on it. Uh go ahead and wear it, bro. Be Tim Tebow for today. I yeah, just grab know, I, I will I will say I see a lot of, you know. I feel like in hockey because it's like a long sleeves sleeve sweater, sweater situation, right? Um, and it's cold in there that I feel like it's maybe a little bit more acceptable in that world. Um, I've never been a huge jersey wearer, but I have no strong opinion one way or another. So all hot takes on jerseys, uh, please well, I, get into I, I next don't know. If, I don't know if we're in a position to demand things, but I, I remember we had uh, we might be at a Tampa Bay Lightning game. We are. We are working. And, and, working and, if, and if Stadium and Gale has a rider, I would like a uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning sweater. I would I, like I, to I, uh, pop a wheelie on the Zamboni. I don't think I can you can that. pop a wheelie on it. I don't know With try. enough effort, you, you can, can probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, not with that attitude, Nick. Not with that attitude, you can't. Oh, man. All right, uh, Nick, you have a good weekend. Silk, you, got, you have a good weekend? Yeah, just been vibing, man. Whole lot of track and seven oh seven has consumed my life. So that's where I'm at with it, man. It's just uh letting my son run my life. That's all I got going on. I love that too. Multiple sports, not uh there's so much specializing now. You know, when we were growing up, it was whatever the season was is what you were playing. Right. Whether it was football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Um at some point I guess you gotta specialize to to become elite at something, but uh but growing up, I think it's it's great just to play as many sports as possible he's gonna do boxing this summer he asked me about i don't know oh, if he got yeah. beef at school i don't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but he's been asking me a lot about boxing lately so we're gonna start that uh at the memorial day weekend we're gonna get into that let him i, I would throw him into jujitsu uh before before boxing get into a problem all of a sudden the kid that had that started the beef right. is in an arm bar or getting choked out rather than you know throwing Maybe hands and, and getting cte yeah yeah, making sixth grade tap out next year should be uh, very eventful for my, um, <laughs> for my time. Getting called in, yeah, getting called into the principal's office <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, Corey, it happened again. It Another happened again. Sleeping, Another kid tap out. sleeping on yeah. the playground. <laughs> <laughs> what you got um, going, Nick? Nothing. Just uh, baseball season. The road to Omaha began, so I was out there, uh, out there at Condren Family Ballpark. Uh, Really cool to run into uh, Judd Fabian. Congrats, late congrats to him and uh, his new wife, Mary Peace, now Mary Fabian. Uh, you might recognize the name. Her dad, uh, Wayne Peace, played at Florida. Um, they got married in December, got to run into Judd. Uh, it was weird seeing him in the concourse with me and not you know, out on the field after uh, playing the last four years with the Gators. But uh, that was great to see him and uh, to get the season started. I'm excited now. We'll see how excited I am by game 35. Uh, it's it's a, it's a grind. Baseball's a grind. You said peace. I thought you were talking about Brent peace. I was like, you got a daughter? Yeah. 
You Only peace I know. <laughs> you need to find inner peace is what you need to find. <laughs> yeah. Already. Oh, All right, boys. Well, let's get started. Uh, oh, speaking of, before we uh, get into a sponsorship announcement, um, Nick, I talked to somebody named uh, Matt Ingram last week, and he wanted to thank you for about a year and a half ago. You hooked him up at a baseball game. Him and his wife got the chance to meet you, helped him maybe with some tickets or something like that. Um, but him and I were on the phone. We have a, a mutual uh, connection and he's like, Hey, by the way, really enjoy your podcast. He's like, I want to thank uh, Nick for helping me at the baseball game a few years ago. So wanted to make sure that you got that uh, credit where credit's due. It sounds to me like you may not remember helping Matt. So it goes to the kindness of your heart, Nick. Shout out to me. Shout out to you. Good Um, PR right there, Nick. Good, good PR. Um, We've got an exciting show. Uh, today, uh, we are welcoming probably one of the best athletes in the University of Florida history in about 10 minutes. But as always, let's give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. He helps you in Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. If you're looking for auto, life, boat, renter's insurance, homeowner's insurance, whatever it might be where State Farm can help you, give Alan a call, 706-692-2888, or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888, or visit him on social media at SFAgentAllenH, or you can find him on Facebook at allenhorn-statefarmagent. So again, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, or Tennessee, 706-692-2888. All right, gentlemen, before we welcome her to the show, the Gators um, football team was in a little bit of the news yesterday where they are expected to hire former offensive coordinator Eric Keesaw, seems like is how you pronounce it, who is, uh, like I said, the former offensive coordinator at Auburn, previously the interim head coach at Fresno State, was around at Boise State as well. Um, I know the internet was uh, a flutter yesterday because they said Auburn's offense was terrible last year. Florida uh, wants to, or I want to reiterate Florida's hiring him as an off the field analyst and not as the new offensive coordinator, but gentlemen, any thoughts on this new addition? Um, this, uh, listen, I, the, the cries and outrage for Billy needs an offensive coordinator yelling into the void. Uh, it's not going to happen this year. Um, but you want to get as many sharp minds and, and, and innovators and, and people who know football in the office um, as you can. Uh, it's a think tank at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So you add somebody else in sure. who will watch practice, watch film, and be in the room as you're creating a game plan week to week. Yeah, as many guys you could get as former offensive coordinators, former head coaches, uh, just more minds into the offensive room to analyze. Uh, good, good hire. Um, I can't complain about it. Uh, I would have had more complaints if he was offensive coordinator. To be real with you, but I'll take him as an analyzer to come in and help uh, game plan, see some things, and and help however he can. But I think it's a good hire. Absolutely. Again, like Nick said, just another addition to the room of uh, obviously a a ton of experience. He's 50 years old. He's been coaching for 20 plus years now, um, has had some success, but if anything, is just more of a sounding board of another individual to bounce off in that room. So uh, 
it does look like he will be joining. It has not been announced by the University of Florida, but does look like it will happen soon. Uh, since our last show, the Gators also added a transfer of somebody that we had talked about on this program or on the show before. But the Gators do add Kenyatta Goodwin, former five-star offensive tackle from Kentucky. Keontae. Keontae. Per the the University of Kentucky pronunciation guide, it's Keontae. I think you can understand where the confusion in spelling and pronunciation exists there. Uh, So the (laughs) the Gators add Keontae Goodwin. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's one of those words, you know. Like Sean, that again, S-A-N. I think Nick is right because I got some uh eye rolls when I said it on, on, on the roll up this past week. What did you say again? How did you say it? Keontae, Keontae, Keontae. like Keontae, Keontae Johnson. I like Keontae, it just spelled a little different than the Keontae I would spell, but I, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm gonna add it to the repertoire if I ever have a son that I need to name. Um, so Gators, a white, add... a white Ke- a Keontae would be hilarious. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> a white Keontae, <laughs> yeah, there could be a first for everything. Um, all right, so uh, six foot eight, um, nearing 400 pounds, uh, but did, uh, was like I said, a five star coming out of high school. Uh, spent one year at Kentucky and announced that he will be heading to the University of Florida to shore up that offensive line. Ethan White, since last episode, has announced that he's going to be transferring to USC, um, but that should round out the Gators' offensive line um, movement this uh cycle in this time period uh what are your little, thoughts on Keontae Goodwin a little insight on Keontae so he um committed to he's from Louisville um or, or played in Louisville um mm-hmm. in Louisville Kentucky committed to Kentucky um in high school and um at some point had some weight issues and kind of ballooned up to like 425 pounds which caused a bunch of schools to maybe stop looking at him got his weight under control um, was a five-star, was the highest graded player to commit to the Wildcats. Um, and I think he gained a little bit of weight as a freshman, maybe a little freshman 15, who hasn't. Um, a big part of the – I got abs pitch, my freshman year. Just, I did not. <laughs> a lot of I had abs there. going into my freshman year. Right. Uh, Never had abs. Um, they're, they're, <laughs> Obviously. They're, they're a lot better in theory than in practice, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But a big part of – Florida's pitch to him and a big reason why he he liked his visit to Florida was the the health and nutrition and, and Kelsey Gomes being a singular person to handle all of the football team and the football players um, with their you know meal plans and, and workouts. I think that for a player, for someone who has struggled with weight gain in the past, I think uh, that just I guess them showing, hey, this is what we have put in place here. Uh, played a big part in, in him committing to Florida. Yeah. I love that. Um, go ahead, Soap. Yeah, a couple of things. I think this is made up for our misses on the recruiting trail for sure. Uh, getting a guy uh, that played a little bit at Kentucky. Uh, most a lot of his snaps were special team in the scrimmages. In, in, in I'm sorry, in the trenches. But you're getting a guy with four years to play. Um, that make up for the misses on the recruiting trail with, with Pancake and, and, and a few other guys we missed on down the stretch. Um, so that is big in that regards and also replacing the guys that we had hit the portal. Um, we, we've had guys that come in, whether it was Jawan Taylor, Ethan White, you know, with weight control issues, get here and kind of figure things out and, and go on to excel. Um, so I'm, I'm very optimistic about this get. Um, we're going to be able to push and maul some things around, size, size, size. Uh, Stapleton and, and 
Uh, Cell is doing a good job of, of just upgrading mm-hmm. the size and, and also the ceiling of the guys. You're talking about um, before Heavy C bringing in, I'm not saying guys that weren't capable, but they were three-star guys that you had to develop. And developing three-star and five-stars over the history of football has shown to be uh, you're better off developing the five-stars. So just a good get overall, upgrading the trenches, um, just impressive. Like yeah, it. no, absolutely. He's going to join uh, Micah uh, Maskua. Uh, and Damian George, uh, who are transferring in. Uh, you also have Caden Jones, who will be uh, signing an early signing day, uh, as well as those that are in the class already. So definitely beefed up the offensive line, uh, both in terms of size and in terms of numbers. Now, obviously, there was a lot of concern. You lose Osiris Torrance to the NFL. You lose Michael Tarquin. You lose Ethan White. I know a lot of fans were concerned, but I do think that you did just about as well as you could entering that transfer portal. You find guys that are bigger in size, you guys, you know, taller uh, as well, but also you, you really did go out and find a, a good mix of talent. And I think that there's definitely some, some flexibility and some of those players to play multiple positions and to be able to, to add up and beef up those lines a bit. You know, there's definitely a, a prototypical type of person that uh, sale and Stapleton are looking for. And I think that they found it. Uh, But I also think that you can tell by the number of people that they've added uh, as well, that they are, they're absolutely going for size. They're absolutely going for height. Uh, And uh, you know, I think that that Florida, you know, I don't know if they're going to be as good. I think that that would be, uh, you know, probably a not grounded statement uh, as the offensive line was this past year. But I do think that you did just about as good uh, replacing what you could. Now, I think that there's a lot of development. There's a lot of good talent there. I think that Damian George, I think that Micah Mascua is is a phenomenal player. Uh, I think that he's going to fit in nicely. So if they can get uh, Keontae uh, Goodwin's weight under control and can continue to develop, you know, your, your farmers, et cetera, then I think that the Florida's offensive line for the next few years should be should be rock solid. I mean, you certainly have a type, um, yep. especially at offensive tackle. Offensive tackle, he, these are the tackles that are on scholarship. Cameron Waits, 6'8", 373. Jordan Herman, 6'8", 370. Uh, Keontae Goodwin, 6'8", 351. Caden Jones, 6'8", 325. Uh, Damian George, 6'6", 339. Bryce Lovett, 6'5", 336. And David Connor. Comes in as the runt of the room at 6'5", 295. Nice. Buddy, that's incredible. Hey, real quick, Nick, pencil in the starting line uh, in your opinion. I see a lot of people penciling in. They're leaving Richard Leonard out a little bit at guard, but I, I got him penciling in at my guard. What you got penciling in? A pre-spring. Um, just us guessing. Pre-spring, um, I, I, I think you probably slide Austin Barber at left tackle, Micah at left guard. Um Listen, I, I think you make Kingsley earn that center spot. And, and Richie Leonard's a guy there. Jake Slaughter's a guy who's been around a long time. But I think Richie Leonard would be a guy that, hey, Kingsley, just because you've been here and started two years doesn't mean that you are slotted in to start, make Richie Leonard, uh, you know, push him for that spot. So I think Richie's a guy that can play any of the three interiors. Um, but I'd probably slide Kingsley there. Uh, right guard, um, I think Richie and – I'm not sure who else. I, I like Richie's been here a, a while. Um, looks good when he got in. Uh, and then right tackle, I think, you know, either either Keontae or Damian George there at, at right tackle. Nice. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Keontae has uh, was the 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 more higher ranked. I think you know out of high school, George was a was a three star. George has a little bit more experience, I believe, than Keontae at the college level. Uh, so, will be interesting to see. Obviously, you don't want your players near that four hundred pound mark. You know, I've seen them work some pretty incredible things over the last couple of months or, or last year or so that they've been here. Uh, so we interested to see where he does end up, but does sound to me like a, a good solid beefy offensive line. One that I would imagine is going to be handing the rock off a few times this, uh, this upcoming year. Um, any final thoughts on the transfer portal before we, uh, before we move on, does seem like we're just about done uh, at least for right now. Yeah, there's just another window uh, and guys that are still in it as well. So you can still acquire your guys out of the portal, just entering it. That window has closed. So uh, there's still some capability. I don't – I'm going to find if we get one more. I wouldn't mind one more outside wide receiver or one wide, outside wide receiver to come in. Ricky Pearsall came back for the, from, for the slot. That gives some, uh, uh, some experience. Sorry, I'm having a rough morning. That gives us some uh, uh, some experience uh, at the receiver receiver spot but who's ever the quarterback whether it's uh uh graham mertz or or my man um i'm forgetting our quarterback what am i doing it's been a rough morning max who's max brown uh jack miller shout out to max brown he was playing a little baseball this weekend getting busy um yeah max max brown or whoever may be the quarterback needs more weapons so i wouldn't mind an outside receiver but i do like all my freshmen that are very talented on campus this spring uh, edge pass rusher and the safety is also needed. So um, we got some time to add some talent. I think we're both eligible at this point. I was considering a little nervous about us being uh, talent, talented enough to make a bowl game. I think we're to that level at this point. The run game, the offensive line, uh, I do like the defensive improvement we made in the portal as well, down the middle, uh, defensive tackle, linebacker. We just need some safety play, in my opinion. Nick to go besides Kamari Wilson. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think the um the way you needed to rebuild the offensive line, I think I don't know that you would have been better served to go the high school route for mm-hmm. 2024. You needed to get guys who can come in and play right away. And, and I think you got three of them that can. Um I don't want to talk bad about Damian George, but I am always cautious of Nick Saban, when the transfer portal became like a thing, he was like, I'm not worried about losing guys that we want. Um, and other You're talking about should... Bama losing the offensive alignment and, and like any other programs, a little different. It's hard to – they got the creme de la creme. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you too. He got to show me, but I'm not I'm, – I'm a little less cautious because it's Bama. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Nick. I'm, I'm bad at that sometimes. No, no. It, uh, so, like, I, I'm just a little cautious. Like, if – I don't know how many guys – like, listen, it, it's hard to get playing time at Bama. Um, they just continue to reload for a decade now, um, but not not going to, you know, uh, throw throw a player, you know, p- potentially away um, just because I think that if Nick Saban really wanted you to figure out a way to keep you there. He dropped a, uh, a interesting quote with, uh, I don't know, late kick Josh uh, this past week about uh, – I think it's the corn kid that transferred to Miami, and and I and I'm assuming just me just reading in between the lines, and also mm-hmm. money with money demands and what he wasn't going to do. I, I found that hilarious uh, for several different reasons because we know Bama does participate in those shenanigans. Right. Um, it's just who he decides to participate with it, uh, mm-hmm. and what they have proven is is really the um, 
barometer. But looking at those numbers he put in that article and what we what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with other players just was eye opening. Yeah, no, certainly an interesting quote. Let me see if I can pull up the exact quote that that Nick Saban did say. And I know we are waiting on our guest. I'll text it to you real quick. Um, I can pull it up here. You got it. Yeah. Let's see. His exact quote was uh, someone with one of the best quarters in the nation in high school came to me and asked if we'd pay them $800,000 for the player to sign here. I told him that he can find another place, uh, another place to play. I'm not paying a kid a bunch of NIL money before they earn it. Uh, he also said that he added that he lost 10 players including one starter to the transfer portal. One of them wanted $500,000 for us to get his girlfriend into law school at Alabama and pay for it. I showed him the door. Um, obviously kind of funny. I don't think that Alabama is at all clean both now or in the past for not paying players. Uh, but I do think it's funny. And we, you know, he got into a, a bit of a spat with, uh, with Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M last year over, you know, and John Ruiz for, for kind of the same general consensus. And I guess if you are at, Nick Saban's level, you can you can make some of these quotes, but do you think that that? Uh, what are your thoughts as we're we're waiting on our guest, uh, Nick and and Silk on what he had to say? Yeah, I just thought it was uh, like pay wise, like even one of your your seniors, I'm sorry, starters that's get that's asking for five hundred grand. I think like the audacity to ask for your 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 girlfriend to get into law school and pay for that it gets a little bit uh, weird, um, but these numbers. Uh, especially for a starter, I think is is doable, you know, for what Alabama achieves. Uh, the 800 grand for a guy to come on campus that hasn't proven anything, I think it'd be a locker room detri uh, detriment. So I get that, but um, I do think some kids are getting something. And I'm curious at what that number is, uh, what Bama is paying for somebody, because they're not, I'm not naive to the point they're not giving anything. They are paying, even though they're Bama, even though Georgia's Georgia and they're winning right now, they're paying something. Uh, for these kids, because these kids, majority of them are coming from uh, poverty situations and could use those type of funds. So I'm just curious to, to, to what he is, what what is Bama's approach? Because he keeps saying what he's not doing, but he's also not saying what he is doing. Right. Yeah, because you don't and, know if there's another player that he did pay a million dollars or another player, you know, a starter that he paid 400000 right? I mean, just because you are a starter doesn't mean that maybe there's not somebody behind them that, you know, might not be, you know, maybe you have a – a B plus player and you have a B player that can, you know, move you up or, you right. know, move and into that role. This is a guy that understands how to speak and, and is right. a PR wizard. I mean, he came out against NIL initially and, and said it was going to be bad and you're going to get paid for play. And then uh, like a month later was uh, making headlines saying Bryce Young's the first quarterback to get a million dollars and, and using that spin as recruiting, like, Hey, look, come to Alabama and this is what we can do for you. This is what we turn you into um, in the kind of market that we create for our student athletes. Um, there's always, there's always um, going to be, you know, things you can point at to, to tear down NIL. Um, but like our guest today is going to be here through the Gator Collective. Um, there's stories that probably just don't get, they aren't as juicy or as salacious as, you know, Jaden Rashada getting $13 million. Um, but you get stories where um, Paige Buchers at UConn had a deal with StockX and she was able to get her entire team sneakers that they wanted. 
through through the the website. Um, there is the story last year that I forget the player's name, but I think he was at uh, an offensive lineman in Iowa and donated um, maybe like a hundred thousand or fifty thousand dollars to um, the children's hospitals there. There's great stories um, that NIL is. I just don't know that you were ever not going to get a pay for play aspect when it comes to college football when you've had. 30, 40, 50 years of boosters giving, you know, yeah. guys cars or, or money under the table. Like if, if you're always going to get this side, um, this side of, you know, NIL. Um, well, and it, it never stopped either. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, the world, I want people to know that the world of still paying players, you know, with hundred dollar handshakes or thousand dollar handshakes still does exist. Right. This all right. doesn't come into the world of NIL. Uh, as well. So I don't think it's going to stop. I do think, you know, like you guys have said, and we can move on. And I do think it's interesting what he chooses to make public and what he chooses to not. Right. Cause Nick Saban is always going to be uh, the most prolific name uh, in college football until he retires. Even if they don't win another national championship, he's widely considered the best coach in college football history. He is going to be that prevailing voice. And I do think that it's interesting. Obviously, you know, Nick Saban is not a big fan of some of these numbers that are probably being thrown around and some of the marketplace of NIL uh, being on the the conversation block. But I did think that it was interesting. I I do think it's probably pretty obvious who he was talking about. Um, And then I think we can probably see if that, um, you know, young man's girlfriend does go to law school, you know, where she attended. And, and, uh, if there she's was, in. Yeah. it's went down, down in yeah. Miami. I'm pretty sure like she's in, they're locked in. Um, I'm not against the situation, but uh, that's a crazy demand. And, and, but and like, oh, how crazy is it when you consider how many people, and I'm not taking his side, right. But how many people get into law school by just knowing somebody, right? Like, Hey, let me call in a favor. Right. I mean, I don't, I mean, I've had a lot of friends at law school. You guys do too, but what's the what's the percentage of people at Harvard's law school that know somebody? Probably 70, 75. Yeah. Here's my thing. Like if you're Cohen, you you risk uh going leaving. And we all seen what 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 Miami was this past year. Uh and I think their offensive alignment that would they're underachieve and, and they they went on to some SEC programs and I think they're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're leaving a, a situation and you see how Bama turn an offensive lineman on uh, their production and also the, the possibility of winning the national championship. We'll see how it all plays out. And I hope this girlfriend is really worth it, you know, but it could it could turn sideways. And it's, it's a risk that he's taking for immediate things, I think, a little bit. And it's also going to be like a case by case basis, too. Like there might be a player who, hey, I don't care what school you are like this is the price is the price right um there was a guy uh like colorado was he? yeah um lincoln Keenholes, who signed with uh ohio state that uh, he was in a story in the columbus dispatch saying he would have made more money going to washington yep. um, but wanted to go to ohio state um there are some people that will immediately chase that bag and, and then some that will say okay listen if i go here and become the player that they've shown that they produce consistently recruit and produce and develop, then those opportunities will be there. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you got to figure that out on a case by case basis with recruits. Cause it's not, there isn't just a, you know, a, a cookie cutter of like, Hey, you're the number three. It's not the NFL draft where you're slotted mm-hmm. in the first round. It's like, well, you're the number right. three cornerback in the country. 
on three of the four services. So that warrants and demands this slot bonus. Here you go. Right. You know, and each school is going to have different demands and each school is going to have different, uh, you know, desires to pay. Right. I mean, some schools might want to pay an offensive lineman more than another. Right. Or they might need that that big five star running back because they they are you know, light in, in position depth or whatever that might be. So certainly it is going to be you know different and each demand is going to be a little bit different. This is the first time I'm sure not the only time, but the first time that I've seen a demand tied to something other than money. Right. Um, and we're not just talking jobs or, or whatever for family members, like we've heard in the past, but, but certainly tying into going to law school, uh, tying going into some sort of graduate program or whatever that might be is, is certainly interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, could you imagine but- Nick Saban on a random off season Saturday, just vibing, you know, watering the garden, doing what, you know, with guys his age do the vibe, you know, you get a call about, Hey man, um, I know, I start and spring football is coming around the corner, but can you get me uh, 500 grand and my girl into law school and pay for that as well? Same, <laughs> what? Same. I'm, wor- I'm worrying about these tulips right now. What do you mean <laughs> 500,000 in law school? After Georgia's just won and Kirby's like crawling up his <laughs> skin, like, man, get off my phone. <laughs> do you think that that goes through him? Do you think that they're like sitting down saying, hey, I need this? Or is it through like the position coach? Is he saying, hey, Bill O'Brien before he left? Hey, Bill, I really love being a member of the Crimson Tide here, but I've got a girlfriend. She can't get into Alabama on her own. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to call in a favor or else we're going to go down to another school. The only conversation Nick Saban wanted from Bill O'Brien was, hey, Nick, uh, the New York Giants are calling. He's like, you know what? That's a great spot for you. We should uh, Anything you need. Whatever we can do to get you there, Bill. Let me know. Yeah. Nick said he'll negotiate with terrorists, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick, takes, uh, Nick takes the United States stance. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We <laughs> no, right. negotiate with any terrorists, man. Bill O'Brien to the Patriots. Uh, Todd Monken from Georgia looks like he's going to be heading off to the NFL. Things you love to see. Now, I know a lot of people said, hey, you know, Todd is just, you know, part of the cycle. That's what you want. You want change. You want turnover. It's very hard to get coaches it's very hard to work with new coaches and incorporate them in i want every coach to leave georgia i want every coach to leave alabama rooting for it just hope that there's no spot on the dolphins for todd so i just hope he goes somewhere else um all right our guest is going to be joining us in a few minutes uh, you guys want to talk a little bit recruiting now or you want to talk about it after uh, we bring her on let's do it we got time all right so uh, over the weekend, the Gators landed a commitment uh, from another top 100 player in the class of 24, uh, a Darius Hayes from Largo High School here in uh, Pinellas County, Florida. Uh, he is ranked as, I believe, the 61st overall player on on three, uh, comes in as a linebacker. Uh, you know, it, what Florida's recruiting him as is a linebacker. He also plays defensive end in uh, in high school. So, uh, gentlemen, he I'm sorry, he comes in as the 55th best player overall on on three's consensus. And on three has him ranked as the 33rd best player in the country, the number three linebacker and the number seven player in Florida. Nice. We broke the dream right, school curse, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really, really good get. It's been uh, uh, just hyping up a little bit. I think he dropped the article uh, with On3 saying that uh, Florida was his leader. Um, they take a visit that next week, and he popped. Um, Notre Dame, uh, uh, Alabama, or some programs that were after him. Just an elite start. 
you got Miles Graham, you got DJ yep. Lagway, you got Chauncey Bowings. Uh, Adarius just adds to a very uh, elite pool so far. Um, guys that could come in, I think he's gonna contribute early. Um, but the linebacker room, however you want to play him, I think we see him more. But Miller linebacker, I think he could play both, and you want to be able to place him around the field to cause havoc because he's an explosive guy that disrupts. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a lot of just uh, traits that you want to see in, in uh, defensive killers. But um, I think he's a guy that's going to contribute early. Uh, great get. I know Bateman's been getting a lot of uh, flack on the, on, on the recruiting trail as far as his misses last cycle. Uh, but things are starting to turn a little bit. Uh, defensively, linebacker, edge rusher, like I said, Miles Graham in him is a very elite haul to start with. Um, I want to see what this 24 class, how, how far it could go. I think it's also very wise for the coaches – to go after guys that aren't – just just seeing how it all played out last year, to go after guys because you got to figure out early on in the process how much they weigh NIL into their process. Um, and I think the early haul so far, we've gotten guys that aren't making NIL the lead of their recruiting. Um, you got to find those program guys, guys that are in for the long haul. So a good start to the cycle. Yeah, right now the Gators have on the on-three consensus the number 21 overall player, DJ Lagway, the number 36 overall player. Miles Graham, who is being heavily recruited by Auburn still. Adarius Hayes, as we mentioned, is number 55. And then Chauncey Bowens is 257. That puts them at right now in class of 2024 at number three uh, overall in the country. Nick, what are your thoughts, buddy? Big recruiting guy. Yeah, <laughs> number three in the country and also number three in the conference. <laughs> That's it's just brutal. Um, I think it's a great start. And Getting, I don't remember the last time, maybe when you guys do, um, and I'm just forgetting mm. someone, the last time Florida's had a quarterback commit this early in a recruiting cycle. Um, like, it, it, I think people forgot, like, when DJ Lagway committed, that it wasn't like for this cycle. Like, Florida fans are just used to like kind of getting their quarterback late in the mm-hmm. cycle, but getting, I mean, even going back to Felipe Franks, like, that was kind of you know, Felipe was committed to LSU and then flipped and um, getting Lagway out. And, and from talking to him, um, he is committed to trying to get the number one recruiting class in the country and, and having a quarterback who is as highly rated as him um, should do wonders uh, for Florida in this cycle, especially since he has taken it upon himself to uh, DM and text and talk to all these guys and, um, having the last time I spoke with him, he was like, I'm, I'm focusing right now on offensive linemen. And mm-hmm. he was like, I can't do anything without guys up front. Um, so I think getting Lagway in um, and then you're starting to get a guy like Miles Graham, also highly recruited, um, highly rated. Um, Corey's guy, I'm forgetting his name. Who's your running back down there? Chauncey Bowens from the crib, five six one. I think he's, he's going to elevate in his ranking as well. Just call right. him Mr. Helicopter because everyone's just showing up in, in, in shoppers on, trying to try yeah, to talk Yeah, but some are renting helicopters and some have their own private air fleet. Who would that be, Dan? Hmm. Not not trying to name names. Georgia, um, Miami. Um, oh. The Life Wallet money has not yet bought a chopper yet. Okay. No chopper, but. Uh, I expect the Bama and Georgia bump, you know, like Chauncey Bowens was number 23 running back. However you want to rank him. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't as high as I thought he should have been. Said that when he committed back in September last year. Um, Kids is a physical beast over at Benjamin. Uh, Cresser is also the coach over there, former Gator. Mm-hmm. Oh, at yeah. Benjamin. 
Uh, but absolute stud, man. Uh, I, I think we're okay right now. I need Lagway to stay in his ear to keep him committed. But Bowens is is a fringe five star talent. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those things you probably look at the offers, right? Not just the ranking, you look at the offers and look who's very actively recruiting him. Speaking of actively recruiting, the Gators did have uh, Jarek Gibson back on campus. He had previously committed to the Gators under Dan Mullen. He had decommitted after Billy Napier became the uh, uh, the head coach. He was a sophomore at the time. Uh, now is ranked as the uh, top-rated running back of the class of 2024. Uh, and did say that the visit uh, really did open uh, his eyes. He was able to check out the new uh, facility, got to see everything, uh, and uh, and said that that it went really well. They did a photo shoot, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a second with DJ Lagway. Uh, DJ Lagway was on campus to continue to talk to him. Obviously, the Gators are um, you know still and in, in very much want Jared Gibson in this class, originally from Gainesville, plays down at IMG now, uh, looking at Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, Tennessee, and Miami. Um, if you can get a one-two punch of uh, of Gibson and Bowens, that would be a uh, a hell of a a one-two punch. Would be incredible. Uh, speaking of which, as we do wait for our guest, you should be with us any second now, uh, Nick. I want to talk to you, uh, you a little bit because you had the chance to post some of the uh, the photos of the Gators' new uh, view productions. Uh, video screen and, and video equipment that they have. Uh, cool story. Tim Moore, the CEO of um, now it's called View, it used to be called Diamond View Productions, is a uh, is a good friend of mine uh, that I've made here in Tampa. And to watch his business explode over the last few years is incredible. So if you're unaware, View has a 270 degree uh, screen uh, at the University of Florida. They have a few. They have one here in Tampa, one in Nashville, one in Vegas as well. Uh, UF is the first school to install one. It's a 270 degree screen that really allows you to do a lot more than just a, a traditional photo shoot. And then DJ Lagway and the uh, the photos that came out uh, yesterday on the timeline uh, really caused a stir. So Nick, you, you had the chance to talk to the team over there uh, a little bit more about uh the view and, and camera system, our view camera system that they have over there. So uh, what can you shed uh, for us there? Well, uh, it's you're coming a long way from uh, cleats tearing up, you know, white construction paper uh, mm. in, in an old outdated locker room. It uh, It's located in the indoor practice facility. I know um, there was supposed to be a, a dedicated space for the social and creative team inside the building. Uh, but when you're talking about, a 20 by 13 foot, uh, 280 degree, you know, uh, wall of LEDs, uh, that probably wasn't in the original plans and blueprints for inside. So, uh, you fit it inside the indoor practice facility. Um, and you get your, your star quarterback to be the first person to use it. Um, I hope they picked the Spanish moss from the tree and not from the ground. You don't want any bugs in that thing when you're putting it across, uh, your quarterback's shoulders. Um, but it was, you know, built engineered by the company that Dan said view, um, they've got studios in Nashville, Austin, Orlando, and of course, Tampa, where, where the company is located. And, and I think from the people I talked to at Florida, they think it's going to be a game changer, um, for them. And, and quickly after DJ posted the pictures, I think you saw, um, Hayes Fawcett, who obviously does uh, a bunch in the recruiting world. And, and with us at on three, it was like, he asked me, he's like, where, what the heck is this? Like, this is a, totally different than anything I've seen. Um, and I think you're just going to see an uptick in, mm -hmm. in the production quality um, and, and what they're able to do. And, and I've always said it, you, you know, I said it back with Dan Mullen, I thought you just need to 
get creative people and let them be creative. And, and I think this is just another way that you're going to see the kind of people that Florida has uh, in that social office um, get to be creative. Absolutely. Right. No, it looks, looks incredible. Uh, super uh, excited to see how they can continue to, to grow, morph, and, and use that uh, within, the, um, uh, within the football program. And I would imagine that you might even see it on, on some other visits as well. Uh, but I don't know what, uh, what Tim's plan is you know, to continue to grow. I would imagine more schools are going to see this. Most more schools are going to be interested uh, in, um, in what views doing, but the fact that that Florida is not only uh, leading uh, the charge on it, but is, uh, you know, really fascinating way to use it thus far. Uh, If you saw the DJ Lagway um, photos, you saw, you know, some moss and swampy things on it. You just saw a really cool uh, delivery of something that you don't normally get the chance to, to see uh, and what views doing and what they've done. And, and they've done commercials for some of the biggest brands around the world. Uh, that kind of technology in Gainesville is what you uh, ultimately want uh, as uh, you continue to grow your creative department, which I think they're looking for an assistant director of creative services uh, right now. So if that's you, go ahead and apply. Come um, a long way from uh, the come play wide receiver for the Joker and his paint edits. <laughs> Nick loves the Joker's uh, edits, man. I was all about him. Love the Joker. All right, let's see. Uh, Nick, um, we you put out a new article today uh, with Mel Kuyper's. Uh, no, I'm this sorry, was we, the this is The Athletic. Yep. Anthony Richardson and Mel Kuyper's was in the top 10. Today, uh, you put out a athletic uh, mock draft or and put out the mock draft from The Athletic that they put out. Right now, they have Anthony Richardson going number 19 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, They have uh, Osiris Torrance, 25th to the New York Giants, and Gervon Dexter, 44th to the Atlanta Falcons. What are your thoughts on any of those landing spots? Uh, I think my views on Anthony Richardson are are well documented. I I would like Anthony one spot above 19 to the Lions. I think Anthony's best case scenario is going somewhere where he doesn't get thrust into starting right away uh, day one you've got a guy there and jared goff who i think has two more years on a contract you can sit there's no pressure you can learn they have a, a young offensive coordinator i think he's only 34 36 something like that mm-hmm. um and and that's the only issue there is i think the lions and, and this is shocking um the lions are in a position to win now. So do right. you use one of your, your two first round picks on, on a quarterback that you're going to shelf for a couple of years? Uh, I don't know, but I think that's a great position for him. Um, the lions, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Vikings would be a position where you've got Kirk cousins, someone who's on a couple, uh, has a couple of years left on a contract that you can sit and wait um, or wherever Brian Johnson gets an offensive coordinator job. That's the guy that recruited you um, helped develop you. While you're at Florida, um, I think that wherever Brian Johnson goes would be a great landing spot for Anthony. But I, but I, I don't see Anthony getting out of the first round. I like top ten. Me and CJ from the Roll Up Show, we have a hundred dollar bet on uh, Anthony Richardson going top ten. I made this bold bet during the season, um, so I hope he goes top ten. I hope the mocks are correct. Uh, teams could also trade down and into the into the quarterback is just an important position as we see it's so much talent 
Uh, and, and the guys, both guys are in the Super Bowl. I don't think people were extremely high on them. I think they were decent on them, but uh, being able to develop the skills that he has and the ceiling that he's ha- he has in the quarterback position is just so important in the NFL. There's so many young, dynamic quarterbacks. He just fits the mold, and I think teams are going to be uh, somewhat aggressive. Um, after the first couple quarterbacks get off the board, which I think will be in the top 10, somebody's going to want to trade down, move some assets to to get a guy like Anthony Richardson with that high ceiling. Um, Detroit is a bold I like franchise. Nick Foss, though. I like the thoughts on him being able yeah. to sit and, and, and learn the game a little bit because he does need he does need that. He needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. But Detroit franchise historically has been a shit show. Yeah. Well, I think they've – when was the last time they won a, a playoff game? It's been, it's been not in my lifetime, and I just turned 35. So I think, I think their playoff – or if they would have made the playoffs this year, it would have been just the second time in our lifetime, Dan. Wow. That's pretty they incredible. Not. Trying so. to say my guy to Detroit. Well, I I think it's a better situation. You know, and I think that Anthony Richardson is going to be a a good NFL quarterback. I hope. Um, I don't know if the Bucs is a great or the Bucs are a great situation for him. Obviously, you have Tom Brady, who likely is not going to return. You have Kyle Trask, who hasn't really been given much of an opportunity. And you have Blaine Gabbert. Right. So I don't know if that's a situation where. Anthony Richardson would have time to, to learn and, and grow into a system as much as get thrust out there. And I do think that, you know, him learning under a Kirk Cousins, a, you know, a Matthew Stafford, a, a whatever, whoever it might be, um, you know, for a year or two, uh, another program might be a, a better fit for him. But with that being said, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. And then Nick will welcome our guest on for us. Uh, one time for our friends over at Home Field Apparel, we appreciate you guys. They had a uh, a shirt um, as their shirt of the week last week that you guys uh, let us know you bought a, a bunch of. So again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. Uh, best vintage clothes, uh, our best vintage logos that are out there. Great, comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies. Uh, go check them out. Home Field Apparel, not just for the University of Florida, but for about 70 different programs around the United States. So again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale will get you 15% off of your order. And I'll toss it over to you, Nick. Well, well uh, in the interest of time, I won't go through all of her uh, accolades and accomplishments here at the University of Florida. We'd probably run out of interview time, but we are thrilled to have Trinity Thomas join, joining the show today. Fresh off of another 10 uh, last weekend, which I think, uh, according to my research, is makes her the first NCAA gymnast to have four 10s on all four apparatuses in her career. Trinity, uh, I'm a new fanboy. Of gymnastics and of you so thank you for joining us today hi thank you for having me i'm excited to be here now i wanted to ask just to start um how early did you get into gymnastics um and and how does a, a girl from york pa find her way down to gainesville yes yeah, so i started gymnastics when i was seven years old um, my mom actually put me in cheerleading at a gymnastics gym and the coach from the team at the time saw me and invited me to the gymnastics team. And then from there, the rest is history. I've been doing gymnastics ever since. And then when I was old enough to like kind of know what college was and um, I knew I wanted to do college gymnastics. And so I started getting recruited pretty early in my gymnastics career. I was probably like 13 
And so by the time I got a little older and was ready to commit, um, I actually committed late, con like compared to most other girls at the time. And so I was 17 and I graduated a year early from high school actually. And my top three schools at the time were UCLA, LSU and Florida. And it was so hard for me to like figure out what was best for me, especially at that time. And so I started making pros and cons lists and figuring it all out. And I went on my final official visit to UF and it felt like home. And so I was gonna be really far from home as a fresh 17 year old starting school in the summer. So that was important to me and I haven't regretted it since. Now, what you were still competing at the elite level as well. What what does the schedule look like? You're 17, away from home now, doing college gymnastics as part of a team, but you're also have you have a whole nother career going on at the same time as well. Yes. So at first, for my first, so that first summer that I came in, I did elite that summer, and then the following year, I also did elite, and so that was kind of different for me. I was training at college, doing all, all of my college routines and being with the team, but also training a little bit extra so that I would have my elite routines together as well and would be able to pursue those dreams and those goals um, as well. So, Trinita, I want to ask, um, you know, we, we've talked to, uh, you know, a lot of athletes on this show. We're going from, from high school to college, you know, at football or basketball, whatever the sport might be, you know, is certainly a, a huge change and a huge difference. But obviously you competing at the elite level and the, the Olympic level of, of gymnastics and then coming to college where a lot of, you know, college gymnasts are, are kind of ending their career. What was the transition like? you know, coming from, you know, York, Pennsylvania, you're doing the elite level um, gymnastics, you come to college, you're balancing, you know, now your, your class schedule and, and kind of the social aspects of, of life. And then you also have elite level gymnastics, you have college gymnastics, but what was that transition like uh, for you? Yes. So actually, I feel like personally, I transitioned pretty smoothly. Um, Honestly, I would have to say that's probably mostly because I did do elite and I was already traveling and doing school and had to like keep up. And then my junior year, senior year, because I like kind of mixed those together, I had a bunch of extra classes. So I had a lot on my plate. So I was used to having a lot on my plate. So coming to college, I think the biggest adjustment for me was more so being on my own um, and not having my mom there and my siblings there. Um, so that was probably the hardest transition for me was like not having my family. But as far as everything on my plate, I was kind of already used to that part. What keeps you competitive like over the years, even to get to the level that you were uh, young and being get the opportunity to go to University of Florida? What gave you that competitive edge? Um, I think all of my siblings, my parents included, are super competitive. So we've been competing with each other playing games and everything since I was young. So I'm the oldest of, of five um, in my family. So we've, we've been competing since we were young and we're all competitive. So I think that's kind of just in, it's in me. So um, I've always had that. And you have, you're one of five? Yes. And how many also do gymnastics? So all of the girls did gymnastics when we were younger. So there's four girls total, including me, and then the youngest is a boy. 
And so all the girls did gymnastics, but now they all do different things. Um, my sister that's right underneath me, she's actually 20 and she goes to Penn State and she does long and triple jump there. Um, and then the next one is a diver. She's still in high school. Um, and then the next one does track, um, swimming, um, flag football, actually. Um, nice. And then the baby boy, he does football. He swims and he plays basketball. So. And, and your dad played receiver at Penn State. There was no uh, parental pressure to like, hey, hey, Trinity, what if we looked at uh, my alma mater? Yes. So when I was younger, I knew that both my parents went to Penn State. I knew that my dad played at Penn State. And so I said I wanted to go to Penn State and I went to Penn State camp and I had so much fun. I thought that was where I was going when I was little. Um, and my mom was like, you know, you don't have to go to Penn State just because me and your dad went there. Right. And I was like, oh, really? OK. So <laughs> like, that's new information for me. I thought, I thought that was just a long that away. Yeah. <laughs> uh Trinity, you've been been very successful both at the elite level and obviously at the college level. Uh, you know, a ton of perfect tens, a ton of awards. You won the all around last year. And what what accomplishment though in your career? You know, at any point, or, or what are a few that really stick out to you as as being memorable, or you know, maybe some adversity you had to overcome where that one really sticks out for you? Yes. Yeah, so I would probably have to say this past year is probably one of the accomplishments that mean the most to me like winning the NCAA all-around title and the Honda award are two things that I have dreamed of since before I came to school um, and also being that the year before um, didn't quite end the way that I wish it could have I ended up straining both my ankles and not getting to finish the season to the best of my ability and also didn't get to compete for a spot at Olympic trials. So that was definitely a low for me. And I worked hard to get back from that injury or from those injuries. And um, so it just means a lot to me because it was so hard the year prior. What I think it was like a high ankle sprain in both of your ankles. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to say like, how do you do that? And then I, when I watch a gymnastics meet, I'm like, how do you <laughs> not do that all the time? Um, what is just regular life like with two high ankle sprains? Cause you, you see, you know, like football players and they get like a boot. Um, but how do you walk? Yes. So I was actually walking. Like I didn't have a boot on either of them. Um, I was just walking and I actually pung off of the bars. So I was going to do a dismount and we have these things in our grips that like help us hold on mm -hmm. um, to the bar. And I didn't get mine all the way over and I slipped off and um, kind of, I had ended up spraying both my ankles. So, um, yeah, it was not great, but I worked through it. And there are a lot of people here with a lot of different resources that helped me do the best treatment so that I could get better. How how soon do you know, like when you hit a perfect 10, you hit 23 of them, but where in the routine after you land and you, do you know right then that you did a perfect 10? Or what, what advice would be like? I think sometimes... I am like, oh, I think that might be it. But I don't think there's any time where I was like, that's definitely a perfect 10. I think I'm really hard on myself. So I'm super um, picky, I would say. What's your favorite uh, event or routine to do? I like competing floor by okay. far. I, I just like performing and showing off and playing into the crowd. And I love to tumble. So Now, uh, 
on the floor, your double layout, I think it's something that you make look easy, but kind of unparalleled uh, in, in the way that you execute it. Like a 707 what's, football player. What's, what's, what's the thought process to, okay, let's try this skill. Mm-hmm. And then where do you get it to a point where you're like, yeah, I'll just throw that into a routine and we'll just do that every Friday night. Yes. So most skills that um, we learn as gymnasts take a long time to learn. And my double out is something that actually took me a long time to learn. It hasn't always looked like that. Um, It wasn't always um, as polished or even I couldn't even land on my feet for a long time. So it's something that took years of work. And and, the more you do it, the more you figure out what works for you. Everybody does skills maybe a little bit differently. And you just kind of play with it and figure out how you do it best. And so when I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, this works for me. Um, even if it wasn't the same as somebody else's double layout. And now you're incorporating a double layout into bars. Yes. What is What is that dismount like? Is that scary at all? Or is there anything you do uh, in the gym that, that is scary to you? Yes, there are things in the gym um, that are scary to me. And bar, my bar dismount is probably one of the skills that took me the longest to learn, I would say. Um, I've been scared of bar dismounts since I was little. And so it Same. took me a long time just to get, <laughs> just to do a double out off the bars. And so when I finally got a double out, I was like, oh, I have a big girl dismount now. So um, <laughs> definitely something that I continue to try to perfect every day in the gym. Um, that one's just not the easiest for me. And so it definitely takes a little bit extra attention and effort and um, just to get it right. Is that something that drives you maybe? You know, like things, nothing is easy, but it becomes easier as, as you practice it and, and it's in your routine. Is that something that drives you? Like, okay, I didn't, get this or this is this is I get, I've hit a sticking point in this this has been harder to to master or to even complete consistently does that drive you absolutely um when things are hard and things aren't going right like I do tend to get frustrated but I I work really hard to get out of that and to keep going and sometimes my coaches actually have to be like hey like we're just gonna we're just gonna be done for the day even though I would do 20 more to get it right they're like, no, we'll come back to it tomorrow. It's fine. You're good. We'll come back to it tomorrow. So definitely like, it pushes me. It drives We're me. taking your fingerprint out of, we're taking your key away. Like you need to leave <laughs> the gym. You're not sneaking back in here later. Yes. <laughs> this, this being your, your super senior season, um, yeah. last year you guys were so close. Um, I'm still new to gymnastics learning you know, if you, if you win a meet by three tenths of a point that that was like a blowout. Um, but you guys were so close to winning a national championship last year. How much did being that close and, and knowing the team that you'd have this season play into um, your decision to come back? It honestly played a lot into my decision to come back. That is a big goal of mine. And I feel like this team has it all and can do it and we've been working for it and actually from my freshman year until now it's been this like steady climb towards the national championship and um last year we finished in second so i feel like we've only been going up so we've got one more spot to go up and we're gonna work hard for it absolutely go ahead 
you're you're six away, uh, six six perfect finishes away from breaking the NCAA uh, record. How much do you focus on that? Um, is that something you you got on the the, the dry eraser board at the house or a notepad? <laughs> Actually, no, I don't really focus on that at all. Um, I definitely know, but only because people have told me. Like, if nobody told me, I wouldn't <laughs> know how close I was. Um, so it's definitely like a cool a cool thing, but not. Um, not my biggest focus. I just focus on going in the gym every day and doing everything that I can so that when I get out on the competition floor, I can do the, do my routines to the best of my ability. Perfect. So Trinity, I know that, you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the conversation here right now. The Gators are on the longest uh, regular season win streak in SEC history and gymnastics, which is a really cool accomplishment for you and the team over there. Uh, what's what's next for for you after after you wrap up uh, this year? Yes, so I'm still trying to figure that out. Actually, um, maybe training, possibly, um, possibly nursing school. So I've kind of got a few things in the works, and then. I'm going to choose whatever works out the best after season. We'll see where my body is, how I'm feeling. I'm trying not to stress myself out over mm -hmm. it because, yeah. of course, I would love to keep training, but you never know. And so I'm just kind of playing it one day, one week, one month at a time, and we'll see where we are at the end of season, and I'll make a decision then. Do you, you, your, go ahead, so. Do you have a, a, a greatest of all time that you look up to? I know you're your University of Florida GOAT right now when it pertains to gymnastics. Do you have someone that, that you looked up to in gymnastics, gymnastics world? Yeah, honestly, there was never, like, one person that I, like, really looked up to. I definitely saw different people, different things, different skills, personalities, and different things have driven me over the years. Um, but I feel like my, my first inspiration was always in my mom, I would have to say. Um, just because she really taught me how to be strong and independent and work for my goals and that if I worked for it, I could get there. And so I would just, I would probably say my mom. Nice. Dad's never getting no love, man. He's <laughs> True. I asked, I asked Silk, um, it was, I think Father's Day was coming up last year. And I said, what's the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day? He said, love. <laughs> that was the difference. Oh no. <laughs> oh man. Nick, you got any final questions or so? Yeah, I just um it um what what is the I mean you guys have so many talented, talented gymnasts. Um what is it like just bouncing ideas off each other or maybe competing against each other, being competitive in, in practice? What is that like? I'm um I was at the meet where Leanne had a 10. Um you guys have just have so much talent in that gym. What is that like on a day-to-day -day basis? Yes. So it's absolutely incredible how much talent we have on our team. Like we've got several world champions, Olympic mm -hmm. alternate, like it's insane. And sometimes I look around the gym and I'm like, this is absolutely incredible. Just to like be here to watch it happen, to watch everybody work so hard for a common goal and we do have to compete against each other um to a certain point because we all are so good and we all are so competitive and so passionate about what we do but i really think that's also what makes our team so special is like you're never pulling teeth to get anybody to do anything like if anything you're like stop we're done <laughs> for the day like that's enough um so that's a, as i'm not the coach but like as um, a super senior, like that's a good problem to have. Like everybody's working too hard 
like imagine that like <laughs> so it's just really cool to have so many passionate girls um so many incredibly talented girls on one team and i want you to give peyton a shout out for me um i went to my first gym meet and immediately fell in love with her choice of music for her floor routine yes I got into like late 90s early 2000s rap um mm -hmm. i was like what well, this is my head just turned i was like this is not normal floor routine music Yes, um, Peyton has been absolutely amazing, incredible. This season is her senior season, and so I'm super excited for her. She's been working so hard. So um, you, we've only seen a little bit. It's only been four meets so far, so we've got a lot more to do, and I'm excited to see how she does and the rest of the team for the rest of the season. Do you, do you guys run music ideas or routine ideas by each other when you, when you guys are setting it up? So sometimes we're like, okay, what do we think about this? Um, we'll send it to some people or some people will send each other things like because we think that'll sound good for them. So right, we do right. bounce ideas off of each other and then we work with J3 and we put it all together. And J3, J3. Oh, he does the choreography. Hmm. Shout out to him. It's a hell of a name. When do you <laughs> figure out where to put your chomp into your floor routine? Yes. Yeah, so we kind of listen to the music. We start, sometimes the chop goes in right away. There's just like mm -hmm. a definite spot we want to put it. Sometimes there's not. So we'll do the routine and then we'll work on putting the chomp somewhere. Um, so it really just depends on the person, on the routine, where they want it, if they have a preference. Um, but it's kind of different for everyone. Well, perfect. Well, Nick, so ready to wrap up Trini we appreciate your time thank you so much for for joining obviously you are are widely considered by um Florida Gator fans as as not only one of the gymnastics goats but uh Florida Gator legends as well so we absolutely appreciate your time all you've done for the university um and certainly best of luck through the rest of the season both as a team and through your individual exercises and congratulations on your success thus far <laughs> thank you so much i really appreciate you having me on so i've enjoyed it thank you, thank so you much, for joining trinity. us trinity and best of luck the rest of the season Absolutely. thank you have a good one. six six get that six <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> i will try my best <laughs> love it have a great day trinity thanks you too trinity thomas a a legend and a goat both in gymnastics and for all of the university of florida Already. What what what, you, what song would you put in your routine, Nick? What would you lead it with? Probably that shanty song. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know if I could match the energy that the yeah. shanty would give you. I can um, see that. Yeah, knowing how athletic you are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think the piano riff from uh Thousand Miles, the okay. doo -doo 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 -doo, that might be a starter. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I also would fall on my face. Yeah, so, yeah, I can see yeah. that for sure. So like uh, there'd have to be like an abrupt like uh, record wah, scratch. Wah, wah. A, a record scratch. Yeah, of, and that'd be when I'd be. You probably wonder how I got here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> oh man, so what would you put in your? Uh, what kind of flair? What kind of music would you have? Uh, I like the I like the nineties vibe that Nick was talking about, man. Yeah. I wouldn't mind some some fifty cent, you know, getting it not nineties, early two thousand. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know nineties, early two thousand. Uh, maybe some whole, maybe some fifty, but I will keep mm. it nostalgic. You know, got to keep yeah. it. So, uh, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Anna. My Fong. name is Hove. Yeah, come in mm. with that one. I like that one, Nick. Good suggestion. Mm. Just like the girls. 
A little public service announcement. Yeah, I can see it. Obviously, country music would have to be spiced, uh, spiced up a little bit if I were yeah, to incorporate yeah, increase it. Increase the BPMs a little bit. You got to increase the BPMs. Uh, we have been listening to some more house music, so yeah. you know we probably have to incorporate some of that. Maybe some uh, early Wheezy, you know, um, yeah. before yeah, the though, rock album. The, the lighter flick to start yeah. your floor oh, routine. Oh man, get, get. NCAA violation, drug test. <laughs> <laughs> get a drug test after every uh, routine, but I might have right. missed my calling. I, I might have been. I might. I should have been a gymnastics you, you choreographer. Get, you got to reach out to uh, to J3. C3. J3. I got, J3. I got ideas J3. for days. Yeah, C3 was uh, Chris Paul, right? Um, yeah, C4, C4 was CP3. Uh, CP3. C4. C4 was face on him. Correct. Correct. Can we have face on on the show? We gotta get face on. We have. Yeah. 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 We had him on a while. I forget sometimes. That's so many. We've had a lot of goats, goats on, uh, and I'll be honest with you. Flexed on uh, Brian Johnson, uh, having his phone number uh, yesterday. Shot him yeah. a congratulations text. Got a thanks, Likewise. bro! Exclamation mark. You yeah, know this. We talk about perks of the job. Obviously, we don't exchange a lot of phone numbers much anymore because we do this all on Streamyard. Um, but that's a, a cool. A cool I little still got herb in my shit. I just text herb every now and then see if he responds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I text him after the Jaguars. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, you got fired. Like, hey man, everything good? Yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? You got some time? Yeah, would love yeah. to have you back on the show. I got, I got mods gone, I got, but I got beef with Brian Johnson. He 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 owed me an interview. We've been going on like a month, over a month now. Now now he's busy. He's got other things on his plate, so I'm not gonna bother him. But Brian, I have a. A phone call and a text coming your way. I'll be honest post, with you, Nick. I don't think that you're talking to Brian right now. I don't think that he's a, a listener of the program each week. So uh, if no, you want, I'll no, put in a favor I, for you. I'm saying I he and I had an interview scheduled for over a month ago. So he owes me one. And we hmm. just uh, had trouble connecting on, on times. He's busy. Yeah. Well, the Bucks are looking yeah, yeah. for an offensive coordinator. Maybe they go ahead and draft AR. Maybe they keep Kyle Trask and you just run it back. There, there it is. I mean, I'm not saying I'm an NFL GM, but just paid like one. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope <laughs> the SEC stay away from Brian Johnson. That's the offensive coordinator jobs becoming available at Georgia and and Bama. So I hope Brian Johnson just stays away from the uh, the SEC. I don't, I don't, I don't see, see I don't see an SEC OC job uh, taking him away. I think he will get NFL OC jobs. Um, that will take him away from Philly, and and I see him on a short list in the in, in the near future of uh, NFL head coaching jobs. The way that the way that his star is kind of rising and in the work that he's putting in. Um, also, shout out to Jalen Hurts. I saw um, I can't remember if it was Dan Patrick or somebody put together a, a list. I mean, you go back to Jalen Hurts got benched for a freshman on the, uh, on the national championship stage, mm -hmm. stuck around um, Alabama as a backup before going to Oklahoma, um, watched Joe Burrow win a Heisman from the front row there as a finalist himself, goes to Philly, um, gets in, plays great, and then is back on the sideline uh, for the guy that, that he had replaced. Um, and now is a, a, a Super Bowl quarterback. Um just a, a, a wild roller coaster career arc for him. Um, but he seems like a genuinely uh, great guy, hard worker. And, and I know that Brian Johnson's had an awesome time working with him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Johnson's not a, a head coach in the not too distant future, what he's been able to do 
you know, at the multiple stops that he's had, you know, between Florida and now the Eagles. I know that there's certainly multiple teams that have, have interviewed him or will be interviewing him for their offensive coordinator position. But uh, certainly Brian Johnson is a guy, in my opinion, that whether he gets an offensive coordinator position or not this year, you know, the NFL has kind of changed the, the way though in which that they hire. Uh, you're starting to see you know, special teams coordinators and, and position coaches get uh, to be head coaches now, not just former offensive defense coordinators. Uh, certainly thinks that, or certainly seems like Brian Johnson may be, you know, one of those guys in the not too distant future to look out for. Uh, if I'm him, if I had a hell of a career in the NFL, uh, stay away from the recruiting part of it and make more money, you know? Yeah, for sure. Smart thing he did was getting away from Dan Mullen. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, some rumors Dan Mullen was down in Coral Gables. I don't think that any of that's substantiated. Uh, also would really wonder why Dan Mullen would would go back to coaching, um, not just at Miami in general, but just seems like an odd – that would be an odd job to take. It's an odd vacation Listen. spot for him too. They don't, they don't fit me as a Miami vacationer. So. Yeah, he seems more of a lake guy than a beach guy. Yeah, yeah, seems more of a college town than a – downtown type of guy you know not a brickle vibe yeah, yeah yeah i can't see dan mullen on his uh you know on his high noons you know just hanging out at uh at winwood you know just not just can't envision it you know with his nah, pleated nah. can't see the pleated khakis at uh at bed or live you know no <laughs> i don't think they let you in live with pleated yeah. khakis yeah yeah, yeah. there's a dress code at live and pleats are not on that list yeah somebody's dad's at the door <laughs> <laughs> Someone's dad's here. <laughs> oh man. Uh gentlemen, before we get out of here, we do have one final ad read. Our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit alumnihall.com or go visit them on Archer Road. Uh looking for sweaters, hoodies. Uh, they obviously have uh, new golf and uh, new golf polos and, and golf apparel. They have the basketball uh, and baseball apparel that we talked about over the last few weeks. Uh some really cool new uh kind of desert colored uh, tanks that Nike came out with some really cool stuff on their website. They still do the uh, two for 38 t-shirts. Um, they have the, the college vault. They have the, the Jordan brand, the Nike brand. Uh, they have the, um, uh, the ring of honor uh, as well. Uh, t-shirts as well. So go check them out. Alumnihall.com um, or visit them on Archer Road. And if you're in Gainesville, this is just a plug for our brick. Uh, we have a brick in front of the Swamp Restaurant right now. So thanks so much, Here. Ben Chase. And thanks for a couple other people for reaching out and saying that they would go grab that uh, for us. But uh, right in the middle, right in front of the entrance. Check us out, Row 7, Stadium and Gale Podcast. We'll Gentlemen. Quick shout out. Shout out to everybody that's hanging out with us in this early morning. We use on podcasts this time. But shout out to Shard, uh, Bam Raw Diets. It's our usuals, man. Zach T. Uh, who else I got in here? Ryan Smith. Hmm. Uh, JB. Kalen Brown. We appreciate everybody for hanging out with us. Jacob, what it do? Thanks for hanging out with us. Same corner, same time. Everybody that's showing love on the timeline. Shout out to Susan as well. Everybody that yeah. checks us out every single yeah. week. Yeah, lots, uh, lots of interest recently. Thanks, everybody, for sharing. Thanks, for everybody, for listening on YouTube. Uh, we tried to do this in the early afternoons on Monday, obviously, with, with Trinity and her schedule. We wanted to, to accommodate, so we did this one on Monday morning. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We have a lot of really cool stuff that's going to be happening, and there's going to be some really cool stuff that's happening over the next few months as well uh, that we are just sure. getting started and working on. So uh, with that being said, uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we head out? 
Nah, that's it, man. Uh, excited about all my freshmen that are showing up to campus and, and working out, bro. I think we have a special class in the foundation of whatever Billy is trying to build here. Um, but I think we have a special class of just hard workers and, and guys that are going to be super talented and contribute this fall. Uh, super excited by Andy Jean, Andy Mazel, all those guys. And some of the guys that we're not even – Aaron Gates, some of the guys that we're going to talk about a lot. Yeah. Uh, just seeing a lot of these guys arrive and the work they're putting in and the focus and – if you have social media, follow these guys, support them. I know they're doing all their shout outs about getting followed and trying to build something and work NIL the appropriate way. Mm -hmm. um, name, image, and likeness is about branding and building things that way and building your business. So support these guys, buy their merch, follow them on social media and all that. Um, and if you've made it to uh, the end of this podcast, a little news, a little forewarning. Mm. Um, uh, Birdie told me, uh, the spring game will be announced sometime this week and uh, looking like it'll be on a Thursday night. So, Oh, excellent. Can't wait to not be there again. So get I'm, not, your I'm sure up a Thursday night. I get your outrage uh, uh, ready. Uh, I'm sure you know people will have all kinds of thoughts and, and feelings that they want to express about the game being on a Thursday. Um, not official yet. Uh, just what I was what I was told. If it's Easter weekend again, I don't mind it, right? Um, just, just like spring, spring game, bro. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind showing up on a Thursday. That weekend always falls on um, the wife's birthday or Easter weekend. I'm usually can't. I haven't been to a spring game in a few years, man, just because of where it falls on. So if it falls on a Thursday, I got time to drive up there. Uh, I do want to see these guys play. I want to see these guys develop a, a little closer than than normal, man. So I'm super interested in what they look like in person. I just want to support, you know. So I'm definitely pulling up if it's on a Thursday. Yeah, um, obviously depends on the weekend. I don't love the idea of Thursday. I like the idea of Friday. You know, there's like logistical challenges. You know, there's other sports. I'm sure baseball uh, or softball will have something going on that weekend. I know there's track and field. I know you have other sports. I just don't love the idea of Thursday. I know that it can be challenging for a lot of people in Florida um, to make the, the round trip, right? And you start to incorporate hotels and, and time off of work and everything else. Uh, would love if they could do it on a Friday, but that's not my call to make. Um, just, just not something that I'm a, a big fan of. But the you know, around program what date? is much bigger than me. You know, around what date or which weekend they're looking at? Because it's got to be April, right? Yeah, it'll be in April because because you you need 35 days uh, for spring practice, so it'll be in April. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah. If it is around, you know, Easter, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. I also think you have other travel issues and other stuff. Um, obviously, you may have the chance of getting more recruits on campus. You know, Florida is able to get, you know, a number of high school kids, you know, on campus. Uh, this past cycle that maybe, you know, would have had to make decisions, um, you know, but also you allow them the opportunity to go have that weekend free and maybe go check out, you know, somewhere else. So, you know, I think there's always a pro and con, but uh, – you know, again, it is just a spring game. It is a glorified scrimmage. Um, just wish, you know, kind of miss the idea of, you know, being able to go up there as a family and, and kind of do the whole day thing and maybe check out another sport, you know, while you're there. I know one year we we did uh, the spring game and then a baseball game in the same weekend. But, you know, it is what it is. So uh, thanks, Nick, for that uh, piece of information. Uh, finally, a couple other notes here. Uh, Three-star safety key on Dunlap, class of 2024 from Alabama, has said that Florida is at the top of his uh, list right now after landing an offer. Anthony Rubio, son of 
Senator Marco Rubio has committed uh, to the Gators as a walk-on from Belen Jesuit uh, High School down there in Miami. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, and then Ricky Pearsall inked a deal uh, with the Gator Collective just recently, uh, and he will be uh, entering his final year in the orange and blue. Uh, with that being said, any so Gator, you, any Gator Super Bowl shout-outs? How many Gators we got in the Super Bowl? Do you know? Uh, Chauncey's in the Super Bowl. Um, and Tommy, Tommy Townsend's, Townsend's in yep. the Super Bowl. And a Gator I, will win. A Gator will win a Super Bowl ring this year. And Kadarius Tony also in the Super Bowl. KT. Uh, uh, so a Gator has been in the Super Bowl every year since 2003, man. 21st year in a row that wow. a Gator has been in the Super Bowl. Longest, third longest streak. Um, perfect. Uh, Silk. Song of the week. Oh, also, Michael P. Oh. Ryan is on the uh, Chiefs practice roster right now. Oh, excellent! He signed uh, on Saturday. I think Tyree Cleveland roster. is on the uh, on the Eagles practice squad. If I'm not mistaken, so we got a few um, on practice squads as well. Philly has uh, Fred Johnson and Tyree Cleveland on their practice squad. Shout out to, shout out to uh, Fred, Royal Palm Fred, Beach alumni. Fred was in the uh, Super Bowl last year. As yeah, well. with the Bengals, right? Yep. Super Bowl for it. Who do you guys Maybe. got in the Super Bowl? I have the Eagles. Let's go with the Eagles. Shout out to Brian Johnson. Shout out to CD Deuce. Yeah, I got the Eagles too. Obviously, I don't think that the uh, 49ers team that they played yesterday was uh, the same 49ers team that you could expect if they were playing, you know, their first, you know, three or four string. They got into a, a, a hurt purdy. Um I like the Eagles as well. Uh, Brooke is from outside of Philadelphia, so she's obviously a, a big Birds fan. But uh, I think I'm going to go the Eagles this one. Uh, they just look too complete of a team. Um, but it will be a, I think, good uh, good Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, let me get Tim's free mind. It's been my vibes a little lately. Perfect. All right, gentlemen. We appreciate you hanging out at the same corner, same time. Uh, different time, uh, but around the same time. Uh, and uh, Nick, thanks so much for helping get uh, Trinity Thomas set up this week. And we will Go. take you guys out. Thanks so much for everybody that watched on YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, look for, uh, look out and thank our sponsors. Go, uh, go shop around for some insurance. Go buy some stuff on Homefield and Alumni Hall. And we appreciate you guys listening to the show. And we will see you next week.
mix One is the joy that you cannot waste And the other one price that you cannot fix This is the peace that you cannot buy Finding a way where you cannot see Man with this system, he cannot pray I need to find relief But behind my mind, it runs All these thoughts have troubled me Funny to give up my pain Funny to be on my lane My mind running to the other side When it's time to leave my life Then it tries to take me out Tell you what I need right here I really need, I really need my love I really need, I need to free my love I really need, I really need time I really need, I need to free my mind out Falling, I might be falling, yeah. 